This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. We're really going to have a very interesting discussion today with someone who coaches specifically people in the C-level, so anyone who is, you know, CEO, CFO, CMO, ABC, whatever it is, Um, you know, so, but this person works specifically with those people, whether they're just becoming a CEO, or maybe they've, or, you know, C-level person, or maybe they've been there for a while, but they need some skills worked on. And what I love is specifically some of the things that she works with. So before we jump into that, though, please join me in welcoming Anne Sugar to our program. So welcome, Anne. Oh, Deb, thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk to you today. You know, this is going to be so interesting because we do tend to think that by the time someone is a C level, and that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean if it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a company of 10,000 employees or a company of one. I mean, you know, I own my own business. I am a CEO. We do tend to think they have those skills, you know, and, and so many times they don't. They, they might have the skills for a specific job. So, you know, say C, uh, CFO has the financial knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. but they might not have the deal with people knowledge, you know, all those various things. And so that's what's going to be so fascinating about today's discussion. Yes. And, you know, I think, Debbie, you really bring up a very good, a very important point is that all of, all of these leaders that we are talking about, you know, yourself, everybody are competent and very strong in the technical skills piece, right? Right. Like a CFO. But what I'd like to talk about is the nuances. Mm -hmm. Really, it's the small details. Those are the sorts of things or the skills, the qualitative skills that matter the most, that that give you the most impact, Mm -hmm. let's say. Right. Well, let me tell people about you before we jump into this. So Anne Sugar is an executive coach and speaker who has advised top leaders at companies including TripAdvisor, Senefi, Genzyme, and Havas. Anne serves as an executive coach for Harvard Business School Executive Education and has guest lectured at MIT. Prior to becoming an executive coach more than a decade ago, Anne served as a senior leader in the advertising industry, where she oversaw a team of 70 employees as SVP of media at Digitas. She managed media planning for Fortune 500 clients, including General Motors, Federal Express, and Delta. She draws on her extensive management experience, as well as her in-depth training and coaching methodology to advise senior executives and high performers transitioning into leadership roles. So again, Anne, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you, Deb. Thanks so much. Well, you know, as we were saying so many times, a C-level or executive level, let's put it that way, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just a manager of a department. They've got those hard skills. Yes. You know, maybe, you know, advertising, you know, they know how to do advertising, they know social media, all those various things. 
but it's the people skills that so yeah. many times they are missing. And let's, you know, looking back at our own careers, we see that, right? You know, where we had a manager, a boss, a whoever who knew what to do, but they had absolutely no idea on how to work with the people. Um, and so I love that that's how you work with executives is to give them those people skills. Right. And it's, it's those nuanced people skills. And mm-hmm. I like to say, we think about it almost in three month increments. How can you focus on one skill, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, how do I define what the collective vision is right. for our company or group? Mm-hmm. And part and because many people, you know, I, I coach many C-suite individuals, they say, well, I, I communicate that all the time, the collective vision. But people can't articulate that back to me. Right. Right. And, and I say to them, you know, what's hard is, do you really know, are people really listening to you? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, you can never communicate enough, right? right? In advertising, they say, you have to have a message out three plus times for it to be effective. Mm-hmm. I say in leadership, it can't be enough. Right. Well, and the tricky thing for leaders is to recognize that it has to be that information has to be given out in a multitude of ways. Um, you know, I've I've had guests on the program before who have talked about, um, you know, personalities. You know, mm-hmm. introvert, extrovert. I interviewed the great Peter Shankman, um, who has adult ADD. You know, and and how you know how people work best with someone who has that. You know, all these various things. And of course, so many times a manager says, "Well, I'm just going to send an email, mm-hmm. and they'll get it." These are smart people. They'll get it. Well, no. You know, not everybody learns the same way. Right. Exactly. And I think that you bring up a fantastic point in that many leaders say to me, well, I had to flex to my manager. Right. And everybody on my team should flex to me. Mm-hmm. And I get that point. But there's a different landscape and a different culture out there now. Mm-hmm. And you bring up the valid and very important point of flexing to your team. Mm-hmm. How, how do you motivate? And that, that's a big area that I coach on is, well, how do I motivate my team? Because business is a team sport. Mm-hmm. And, we, and the collective group is much better than the, the one person making the decisions, right? Right. Because we need the brainstorming. We de- need the diverse points of view. So if you want those diverse points of view, you have to influence in a diverse way. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it's not about getting the email. It's going and sitting down in their office and asking them how their weekend was and then getting into the discussion and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you don't care. I mean, let's be really honest. Yeah. Then, right. Yeah. Even they they really usually care. don't care. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you think about it from a humanistic, empathetic perspective, being self-aware that somebody needs to be able to say, I went to, you know, I ran a Spartan race this weekend and they want to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So it's flexing from that perspective and listening. Right. You know, and, and so many times we have either, you know, worked with managers or we've heard them or, or whatever, where they say they don't need those people skills because that's, that's not why we're here. I'm here mm-hmm. to guide the team. You know, it doesn't matter to me that, you know, this person was in that race or they liked that TV program or whatever. Right. They should just do the work. Right. But 
here's what I would say is that, you know, I learned this very specifically growing up in advertising that um, you're not, it, that, that's, that's, you're not, it, that's not about making the widget in mm -hmm. advertising. It's about the product that you have is based on, is based on the people. Right. Right. And, and then you do have to think about it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's the, the tricky part is we still have to be the manager. We can't be their friend. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, the parents who have said, well, you know, I'm, I want to be my child's friend. No, you still have to be their parent. And the same thing happens with a manager, you know, the, 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 the CEO, the whoever, mm -hmm. because if you sometimes cross that line to be too friendly, there's yes. all sorts of things that, that can happen, um, you know, and, and, and I'm not, yeah, yes, there are, you know, obviously from, uh, you know, a, a sexual nature, sometimes there are those type of things. But, you know, if, if you have the employee who is going to spend an hour telling you all about the drama that happened on their weekend, like they would if you were their best buddy, that's not going to work. So yeah. how do you work with managers to, to develop kind of that fine line? Mm. I, you know, I, and so Deb, when I say this, I, you know, it's really a case by case basis, right? but it's the balance of being empathetic, mm -hmm. but that remembering it is a business and you have to make the tough decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, two, you know, there's this point in, in, in how I coach. And I think this is a now, uh, this is an analogous to what we're talking about here is that Somebody can come to me and say, you know, want to complain about a situation, right? Mm -hmm. And that's fine. You can complain about that situation for five minutes, but after that, we have to move on right. and create action. Mm -hmm. So I kind of equate it to, to, to that piece of it is mm -hmm. you can talk about your weekend a bit, but you know, we have to, we have to move on and that this is a business. Mm -hmm. And in some instances, the hard part is you can't be everybody's friend. Right. It's sadly to say, mm -hmm. right. And th there's this fine line, you know, for some people, the buddy piece works mm -hmm. and other times it doesn't. And I've seen this coaching a, a, um, a C, a, a gentleman that was moving into a C level position. It was very hard for him because there were two of them that were um, being looked at for this C for the CEO position. Mm -hmm. And they had been working together for years. Oh, and dear. Mm -hmm. Kind of quote unquote buddy, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this interesting dynamic that occurs when it goes from buddy to boss, mm -hmm. right? And at that point, he had to make some tough decisions in terms of how he was going to create the new, new world for him now that he was the CEO and his friend or coworker was not. Mm -hmm. And what did that look like? Right. And there was definitely some bumps around the way with that because, you know, how do you deal with the development issues that somebody, that, some, that this person had now and he was the CEO, mm -hmm. right? So it's that, it's that really delicate dance, I right. like to say. Well, and it's really hard when you are that person who gets promoted. Um, you know, when I was when I was in corporate America and was promoted to lead a department, 
I couldn't be buddy-buddy with the people anymore. And part of it was because some of the buddy-buddy stuff that we'd shared before would affect work. You know, it was the, you know, they, uh-huh. you know, you might've known, well, you know, this person's, you know, the task that they were doing didn't get done because they partied too much, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I, all these various things. And, and so then when you were the boss, it was like, Oh, well, that's not going to work. And, and that's yeah. of course where the tricky thing with social media comes in. Um, you know, I tell people, eh, you might not want to be, especially Facebook friends. LinkedIn is, is obviously very different, but you know, Facebook and Twitter, you know, some of the other things, mm-hmm. it's, it's really difficult to be connected to someone who you work with, let alone is, is your supervisor or you are their right. supervisor. Um, and, and I tell people, you know what, just, just disconnect them. It's, it's all right. They'll understand because they probably don't want it. didn't really want it either. Right. Uh, you know, so there's two schools of thought on this, right? That I have some, I, I have a, somebody that is a founder and a CEO of a company and mm-hmm. she really feels that she wants to share who she is, right? right. Being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and that's really important if you think about Brené Brown and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of formality, right. right? And I lean on the side of being more formal mm-hmm. in terms of how I coach uh, leaders to move in that, that aspect. And mm-hmm. I think it's how you find that sweet spot of being who you are as a leader but people, it's, it's almost like the mask of leadership. Mm-hmm. People don't, people don't want to, they want consistency. Mm-hmm. They want to know that you're the leader and they don't need to see all of the warts right. or all of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And well, it's not being fake. It's, 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 it's just, just not sharing balance. everything. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is, social media. it's much easier to be formal and then relax things a bit, then to go the other way around. You know, if you were the oversharing person, or not even oversharing, if you just shared, you know, day-to-day things, and then all of a sudden said, hey, I'm not going to do that, that gets a little weird. You know, but if you if you start out formal and then decide to share, you know, a you know, high school graduation picture or, you know, something like that, that's very different. Um, and I think that's the tricky thing now is, we, everybody, you know, is on social media to, you know, whatever it is. And we're kind of expected to share everything. And, yeah. and when you don't, it's, well, what are they hiding? What, what, what's going on? Why aren't they sharing? Well, I know that they did this. Why aren't they sharing it? Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's all about kind of setting those ground rules. I mean, if you just tell your employees, hey, I'm not really going to be on Facebook that much, then they all know, okay, you're not really going to be on Facebook that much. Right. And I think the big piece of that too, Deb, is consistency. Mm-hmm. Being consistent right. in your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we all have these hiccups. We all have these snafus of, oh, I wish I had, I wish I had run that meeting that way or mm-hmm. whatever that is. But trying to be as consistent as possible mm-hmm. in terms of who you are as a leader. Right. Well, and as the employee too, I mean, you know, if you know that you're connected online with your supervisor, your boss, your CEO, then pay attention to what you're posting, you know, because they, they very well might see it. So, you know, don't be posting that you got drunk all weekend or, um, you know, worse that you hate your job. I mean, you know, I, I always love those examples that I find where people are saying, you know, I hate my job 
you know, and, and their boss sees it and then they're stunned when they no longer have that job, <laughs> um, you know, or, you know, just, just the, the even oversharing things. Um, you know, the, we do, I think this day and age, we've gotten to where we overshare too much. And so it's, you know, it, it just in general, let's just all kind of dial it back. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I completely now, agree. One of the things, and, and I love this, that, you know, one of the things that you talk about is really, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, how to deal with, with, you know, your people's skills and empathy is one of the mm-hmm. things that you really talk a lot about. You've written several articles for Harvard Business Review on it. And, and it touched me, you know, personally, because I have been through this situation. You talk about how to deal with employees who have an illness. Yes. And, you know, and, or whether, you know, whether you are the employee or the employer, you know, how do you deal with those situations? And, and my longtime listeners know that I am currently um, undergoing treatment for cancer. Luckily, everything is, is going well, but, you know, things happen to people, you know, and, and as the boss, sometimes we think, well, we can't deal with it. It's not legal. We can't, we can't go there. No, that's not legal. Um, You know, or, you know, all these various things. So, how do you work with people so that they know how to deal with their employees in situations okay. like this? Mm-hmm. So I think, so, so why did I write these articles? So back in 2011, I was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. and I have um, my executive coaching practice and I was one of, I was young when I, um, younger when I got cancer and there wasn't really any roadmap for me right? in terms of, well, what do I do? There was all these disparate um, ideas, which were fantastic. So part of that, when I was finished, and you know, I, I had some bumps along the way. Mm-hmm. We can definitely talk about that. I was like, I, I thought to myself that we needed to start to have a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be about cancer. It right. can be a sick parent. It can be a child who's sick. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those aspects because I really like, it's really about the balance of empathy and making a tough decision. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have some real live examples of how that happened to me and how I needed to think about um, in terms of my business, the companies that I worked with and my clients, because the biggest or one of the biggest aha moments for me was that, people are going to heal or come back when they're ready. And that Mm -hmm. you might think, for example, I thought I was going to be back at work, bing, bam, boom, you know, the, the ribbon tied on the the present, all beautiful after eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And it actually took me 12 weeks to even be able to get back and start working with my clients again. Mm -hmm. And that was extremely astounding to me because at the time when I was um, diagnosed, I was training for a triathlon. So I thought, yeah. ah, this I mean, is yeah, good shape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm in great shape. My body's going to take care of this quite easily. And it went, <laughs> <laughs> right. He told me a thing or two. So that, that's really about how I started to think about, well, how do you disclose this? Mm-hmm to to people um and i think the one of the most important aspects that i learned is that you have to let the employee control the disclosure right um and 
so two examples for me, I didn't want to just call up the companies and clients out of the blue and tell people. Yeah. Oh, that by the way, wasn't my, that, that didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I emailed them first and then called them. Mm-hmm. So that was my approach of disclosing. So for example, um, in the workplace, some, if, if somebody is diagnosed with cancer in your department, people might say, let's band together and create a um, meal plan. Let's do X and X. And for some people, they want to just deal with it on their own. Right. They don't want to communicate the situation broadly. Mm-hmm. Some people want to manage chemo privately, mm-hmm. right? And, and not, and maybe be out for a day or two, but, but it's really about letting the employee control mm-hmm. how the discussion happens and with right. him. So how, you know, obviously what's best is if the employee comes and says, oh, by the way, but what if you're that manager mm-hmm. and you know that there's something going on, but they haven't told you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and again, whether it's cancer, whether it's, you know, that, that they have a spouse who's ill, child who's ill, you know, all these various things. How do you go to them to say, mm-hmm. hey, is there something we need to talk about? Um, you know, and I mean, because it, it is, I mean, there are some legal aspects here. So yeah. how do you broach that conversation? I think that you have to tread extremely lightly and Mm -hmm. it depends on the company and how you partner with human resources on it Mm -hmm. because there is a very fine line. I mean, you can ask somebody, so how is everything going? And Mm -hmm. asking in a broad-based question. But from a legal perspective, right, that's that's their piece to share. Mm -hmm. I am not a lawyer and I do not, uh, you know, I don't have... um, I, and I do not, you know, have a firm grasp on all the, the HR legal pieces to it. So Right. You can't just really, walk up and say, hey, Anne, you seem to have been taking a lot of sick leave. What's going on? <laughs> right. Right. Because there is that humanistic piece to it mm-hmm. as well. Well, and, and it is difficult, especially if they have not shared when it's starting to affect their work. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe it is that they've been taking time off or leaving early or are just distracted. I mean, you know, say you have an ill parent and you're having to to spend time figuring out, you know, where, you know, what's going on with them, all these various things. So you can broach it from the, the, the side of, we need to talk about your work. Yes. But it is, it's very tricky, especially if they're not the the person who wants to share with you. Right. Right. And you know, sometimes there has to be tough decisions made, mm-hmm. right? So let me tell, I, this is, this was kind of an aha, interesting piece for me. So when I was going through my um, recovery phase, I had one company that said to me, we just can't wait for you to heal. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you go. And you need to, we're going to find another executive coach to handle these, these clients. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, it's hard, but that was very hard. And, you know, you get emotional for a bit, and, mm-hmm. but then you have to realize too, that it's part of, it's part of the business, mm-hmm. right? That that's, and then I had another client who said, you know what, we'll wait the eight weeks. You mm-hmm. just tell us when you're ready. So with my real life example, it's really about what's right for the business in mm-hmm. some aspects, right? Right. 
Well, and it all depends on, you know, obviously a variety of things. Um, you know, when I was diagnosed, my clients all knew to some degree, you know, because I would literally drop off the face of the earth for a while. And so they needed to know that. But there were also times where they didn't know anything was happening. Um, one of the times when I got septic, I was in the hospital for seven days simply for IV antibiotics. I was fine, but I had to be, I had to have IV antibiotics. And what a lot of people don't know is many hospitals now have really good Wi-Fi. So for seven days that I was in the hospital, I just kept working merrily along. My clients never knew I was in the hospital. Um, you know, and, and I mean, that was just that, you know, and, and part of it was I didn't want the pity party type of, of thing. But I figured, well, I was able to do the work. They really didn't need to know that, that I was having issues right. that week. Right. So what I, I think, Deb, so, so articulately you're talking about is having a plan B. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, so for example, for another example is for me during that mm, eight to, in that eight week to 12 week piece, I couldn't do a all day train, um, speaking engagement. Right. I just didn't have, but I created a plan B for myself about when I could and Mm -hmm. what is it that I could do. So you created a plan B for yourself when Mm -hmm. you were taking the um, antibiotics of of managing your business. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a bureaucratic thing that is truly annoying, Mm -hmm. but it's creating a process and a work plan of how you will get things done Mm -hmm. when and where, and you can translate that into the organization too, in terms of as you as a leader, how do you have a delegation plan mm-hmm. so that you set a specific expectations, the deliverables, and how is the work going to be handled? Mm-hmm. So, Well, and to be honest, you should have those anyway, because you never know when emergencies might happen. Um, you know, I've done some consulting in the past on crisis management planning. And one of the things that, that we worked with companies on was if person X gets hit by a bus, what were their job duties? You know, what, what needed to be done daily? What needed to be done weekly? And it was funny. The company was a big insurance company, and we worked with every single department and came up with the flow charts, you know, and all of these. And, and if, you know, this person gets sick, who can take over and yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. And I remember the, the legal department was at the, the one of the, we had the funniest conversation with them because they said, well, really, there's nothing that, you know, we're, we're not a critical path. And I said, okay, you know, we explored a little bit further. And then finally, somewhere along the line, somebody said, oh, you know, there is a report that we have to file with the state insurance commission every month. Okay, tell me a little bit more about that. And they said, well, if we don't file it, we lose our license. I said, um, <laughs> excuse me, that would be a critical path. And so it is working through those processes of figuring out, you know, if something happens to somebody, and, and unless you are a one-person shop, you know, like, like I am, and even at that, you know, who's going to notify my clients if something happens? All these various things. We all need to have those plan Bs, you know, if something happens. Um, you know, I was employed by, by a very, very large company when September 11th happened. And I had a CEO that was halfway across the country and we couldn't get him back, um, you know, and, and all these various things. So you, you just as good business practices, you need to know those things, you know, and, and, you know, have, have those discussions with everybody on the team so that they know it's not that you're saying crises are going to happen. It's just, if it happens, here's what we can do. Right. 
Right. And it's having a plan mm-hmm. so that you don't have to scramble at the last minute. And the, and in some instances, unfortunately, or fortunately, there's emotions involved in it. Right. So how do you, how do you almost kind of take that piece out a little bit and be planful? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is a business mm-hmm. and you do have to make, unfortunately, those tough decisions. And sometimes, you know, if you think about it too, we talked a lot about empathy, but it's a disservice to the organization mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan involved. And sometimes that you do have to make those tough decisions because the longer you wait, the bigger those issues can become. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and the, you also, uh, on occasion, we'll have the employees who aren't going to tell you everything because, you know, they, they want to be thought of as the indispensable employee. Well, then that's a different matter. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. If you have employees who aren't saying, hey, you know, you need to do this and this and this, if I'm somehow, you know, not able to do it, then, then it is a different issue. Right. I, that, is, that is clearly a different issue in the perspective of, you know, that we need to think about leadership and all of business, frankly, as a team sport, as I mm-hmm. said before. And it's about the collective group, not just everybody as individual contributors. Right. You know, and, and we all like to think we are indispensable. I mean, you know, there's, there is that part of it. But right. we also should, you know, I, I always function under the hit by a bus theory. And I did this long before I got sick. If something happened to me, could someone pick up and do what I was doing? Um, you know, and, and, and I just, you know, it, it didn't mean that I wanted it to happen or that anybody could easily do my job. It just was kind of how I operated. And, you know, yes, everybody has specific skill sets, but at least temporarily, somebody else should be able to, to handle something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because things just don't happen. As, as you know, I said before, I thought I was going to heal quickly and mm-hmm. that was not what, you know, and that's what I expected and that's not what happened. Right. You know, you mentioned having sometimes to make those tough decisions mm-hmm. and they really can be a tough decision, especially if it is something along the lines of this is just not going to work out. Um, you know, and, and it's one thing if they're a consultant, I mean, that's a very different business arrangement. Yes. But if they are an employee, you know, it is so important that you get legal advice, you know, whether it's from a lawyer, whether it's from your HR team, all these various things. Because again, there are federal laws that apply to some of these things. So, and, and you know, state laws too. You can't just say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm really sorry. You're having trouble with your treatment. We're going to fire you. Okay. Right. <laughs> then then you're, you just open up the company for, uh, you know, potential lawsuits, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it gets avoided. You know, I'm not going to deal with this because of all these pitfalls. So how do you work with managers, executives, C-level to let them know, okay, here is what you need to be doing. You know, when they're wanting to bury their heads in the sand and, you know, it's funny, you and I mentioned, you know, off the air when we were getting to know each other, sometimes it's very difficult, especially for male executives to deal sometimes with women. I mean, you know, if, if, you know, when I tell people, gee, I had breast cancer, they're like, oh, can't talk about this. You know? and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and there are things like that. So tell us a little bit more about how you, and some people are just never really going to be comfortable with it. Let's be honest, but how do you get them through the, the initial process? Well, I think, well, so, so there's two pieces to this, right? And I think 
as I was writing and researching these articles and speaking to a lot of chief people officers, I think one chief people officer brought brought up a really interesting point in terms of how can you creatively help the employee, Mm -hmm. right? And how do you think about it? Is it giving them extra creatively being able to get them extra leave time, right? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know what, this, this may not be working out, um, as well, but you know what, I can get you insurance for two years. Mm -hmm. Those are just really small tactical examples, but, but, but thinking about it from that perspective, and I really do go back to the point of you as a leader, how you, you lead by letting your employee control mm-hmm. what they disclose right. and what they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just really about the humanistic piece of it and being self-aware and self-aware and empathetic and putting yourself in their shoes, mm-hmm. which is really just about emotional intelligence. Right. Well, and the easiest thing to do is to say, how can we help? Yes. A- and if they say, you know what, I'm good then leave it at that. (laughs) But if, you know, and, and so it is about also working with the other members of the team. You know, you mentioned they might want to do a food drive that, you know, or, you know, nightly meals, all these various things, you know, I've, I've had people, Oh, we're going to start a relay for life team for you. (laughs) Okay. That's nice. But, (laughs) um, and, you know, or if you're, you know, if they are in the hospital, you know, do they want visitors? All those various things. Right. So if you can find those things out and then with the employee's permission, say, okay, here's what's going to happen. Then, you know, and, and clearly, I mean, they're, they're going, they will have shared information with some of their team members, you know, more information and, and things like that. But the team wants to know too, you know, they're worried about them, you know, not only from a personal thing, but they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm working with them on this big project. Now what? Um, you know, all those various things. So it's, it's about having that, the team communications also. Yes. And it's really controlling their privacy preferences. Mm-hmm. And I think too, something that you brought up in the very beginning of the conversation relates to this as well. So when somebody's out on leave or somebody doesn't want to communicate, talk, how do they want to communicate with you? Mm-hmm. Right? right. Some people want just an email check-in. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want an email check-in. Some people would like the phone call, um, you know, because it, it helps to demonstrate that they're, that you're confident in them. Mm-hmm. You have to think about the individual right. and what their preferences are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might need to be in contact with their spouse, you know, their partner, their caregiver, you know, whoever it is, because, yeah, you know, they really could drop off the face of the earth and then you, you need to know, okay, now what, um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's tricky, especially for those managers who are thinking, but I only need, I, I'm here to get the work done. Well, yep. it, I'm sorry, it flows into that. You know, you can't have one without the other. Right, right. And I think too. Um, Deb, what you're also talking about is the point of simple is best. Mm -hmm. So it could be, you know, even if you feel uncomfortable about it, a really simple message could be, hi, Sue, I thought I would check in today and say hello. Mm -hmm. Right. And then leave it at that. All the best, Anne. Mm -hmm. Right. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. What and, and how that works 
that works for you and works for them. Mm -hmm. And I also like the point of, you know, keeping it open-ended and open-ended, but specific, right? Mm -hmm. Can I help you with a meal? Mm -hmm. Can I drop off the paperwork for you? Right. So it's, it's kind of that push pull piece to it. And I love you. You mentioned specific because you know, when, when I was going through this and when I was especially ill, you know, I read a lot of things and, and, you know, had lots of people giving advice and all these various things. And, and mm-hmm. being specific was one of the things that people asked the most. Because if you just say, hey, Anne, what can I do? Right. You go blank. <laughs> I mean, you know, but if, if I say, hey, Anne, can I do your grocery shopping this week? Mm-hmm. Can I bring you that project? Can we do this? Can we do that? Then it's, it's, and, and it goes the other way too. I mean, you know, if, if I'm needing help, I need to ask for it specifically. You know, yeah. hey, it, it would be really great if somebody could go do X for me because mm-hmm. they're not mind readers either. You know, and, and that's right. the thing we need to remember from the, the person who is, is going through this. If we need help, we have, to, we have to tell them what it is that we're needing as opposed to, oh, I'm doing okay. You might visit. You know, and then they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right, right. And I think too, what, is, what you're also talking about, Deb, is really reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be on a, you know, a weekly basis, but how do you just reach out to them Mm-hmm. In a specific way, and you ask back in a specific way. Can you, can Joe drop off the paperwork, right, or whatever mm-hmm. that is? Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the things you mentioned is being consistent, and that's tricky when you have multiple employees. Um, I'm remembering years ago, and this this was a pain point for me, and obviously because this really was years ago, and I'm still remembering it, and I don't remember it well. I worked for an organization that was, it was a nonprofit organization. And okay, you know, you can see it on my LinkedIn profile. I worked for the American Cancer Society, which was really kind of bizarre then when I was diagnosed with cancer. But, um, uh, you know, so obviously many women work there simply because mm-hmm. it's, it's a nonprofit. That's just kind of, you know, the way those things work. And my father-in-law was very seriously ill and you know, for a week or so. And, and, but I was still trying to work because, I mean, you know, there's really only so much that you can do. And people at the office would say, hey, how's he doing? Yes. And I would say, oh, you know, and, and but I kept it really brief, you know, nothing, you know, no changes or, or whatever, you know, and, and, but I, I wanted to keep it brief too. But, you know, midway through that part of the time, I got called into HR. I'm like, uh-oh, what, what's going on? And there was an, another employee whose father had passed away eh, maybe six months or so before. Mm-hmm. And it was upsetting to her that my father-in-law was, was ill and she didn't like hearing people ask about it. So I was told I couldn't talk about it at all. And I said, so when people ask me, what do I tell them? <laughs> you know? right. and, and it was just, I was very hurt because People, people cared and I kind of needed that support. And I was yeah. told you can't do that because this other person got upset. So, you know, it was, it, it was, it really was an awkward situation. Of course, I was very angry. I was angry at that person who in my mind whined, um, you know, and, and clearly it was, it was something that she f- was very upset about. And, and I mm-hmm. felt bad that I had upset her, but that's where a good manager would have kind of laid those ground rules and said, you know, we're going to ask Deb for an update. 
we're going to email it out or do, you know, whatever. And then that's it. You know, let's, let's go back to just, you know, back to work. Mm -hmm. And so that's where kind of walking through these processes and having, as you said, those plans in place will help that so that you don't have hurt feelings. You don't have, you know, all these various things. Right. Because, you know, for everybody, it's something that's really sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just have to respect where somebody is, right, in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, I interviewed one woman who um, really was in this environment where she felt a lot of trust from her managers that she was going through breast cancer. So she didn't wear her wig. She just mm-hmm. wanted to be who right. mm-hmm. she, she was versus she said to me, I was in another organization where I knew that wasn't going to work for me. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. It, it really, it doesn't have to be cancer. It can be anything from mm-hmm. a sick child, sick, as you said, sick, sick parent, sick in-law. It's just very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And how can you, like you said, really have a plan in place to help? Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, we, we are going to have circumstances like this. So as that manager, as that executive, you know, the, the C-level, I love the chief people officer. I'm going to have to remember that. You need to think through these things, you know, and, and know, you know, how you're going to deal with them when it happens. And, you know, as you mentioned, though, every single one is different. I mean, you know, you might have the person who does not want to discuss it at all. Right. To the person who's going to share every single little thing. And so then you're kind of having to dial them back a bit. But, you know, what is the process? And, and just have that in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And recognize that the process and the plan will change. Mm-hmm. And being cognizant of that. Right. And, you know, I, you, know you, you have another uh, article on uh, Harvard Business Review about, you know, when they've come back. Yes. And that's one of the important things, too, is just because they're back doesn't mean they're back at 100%. Um, you know, and, and, and whatever it is, whether it's, you know, an, an illness, a death, you know, all of those various things, there will be times where, you know, the real life intrudes again. And so you have to be cognizant of that. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I interviewed another chief people officer and she told me the story about somebody that was coming back and the fatigue that this person had and mm-hmm. that typically they would come in at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. But because of their medical changes, it was more, it was better for them to come in at 10 a.m. and they got more done. Right. And while it's not, that's not going to be something consistent all over, you know, but it's, it's flexing mm-hmm. and making sure that you get these small wins, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. For, because for ultimately you want to keep them as an employee, hopefully. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and so you want to work with them in the way that works best for them. Now, you do have to be cognizant. I mean, you know, if you, if you tell that employee, hey, it's okay if you don't come in until 10, all the people who come in at 8 are going to go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> so, again, it's about communication where you say, you know, for the next five weeks, you know, here's what's going to happen. And you right. will have those people who are going to, let's be honest, be you know, bitchy, be whiny, be not happy with it. Well, then you have to deal with them separately and say, you know, okay, th- here's the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. You do. And I think what this really gets to too is checking in with everybody more frequently. Right. And really 
having a plan that you will have touch points with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's just good practice for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Many of these things, Deb, that you and I are talking about is just good leadership, business management practices. Right, right. You know, and, and I mentioned at the start of the program that you work with people who are transitioning into that management level position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they weren't used to being, say, the project managers, you know, for lack of a better term, where, where you were saying, okay, I need an update this week. You know, they were just the little worker bee who did their little work and they might have given that update, but they, they didn't know that you had to get updates from everybody, that you had to, you know, check in on all of these things. And so it comes back to what we were saying, that people management ends up being the biggest part of what you're having to do. Absolutely. And, and it gets back to the point, Deb, that we were talking about in the beginning is how do you flex and create meaningful touch points with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, it, it's too, as, as you grow into that C-suite level, how do, you, how do you communicate what those values and meaningful touch points are mm-hmm. to your managers? How do you delegate out that qualitative piece of how you want the culture to be, mm-hmm. how you want people to interact with each other. And it starts with you as a leader and being mm-hmm. the role model. You know, I almost look at it as like, this is kind of a silly example, but you are the movie star. The paparazzi is right. watching you and mm-hmm. taking pictures. You are the role model mm-hmm. in terms of how you create those meaningful dialogues and relationships with people right on your teams and of course the hard part is when you are that level sometimes your ego gets the best of you um you know and 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 it's funny i was i was thinking a sports analogy you know you're the quarterback mm-hmm. but whether you're the the you know the movie star the quarterback the whoever you're not there alone and i think that's what so many times people right. forget you know is it really does take that team but Absolutely. you have to have a leader. I mean, you know, how many times do you have a team that doesn't have a leader? It doesn't last long. No, it doesn't. Because you do want to lead by consensus, mm-hmm. but you have to make, you have to be the one to make the final decision. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like we were saying, you know, of the parent, you, you have to be the parent. You can't always be their friend. Right. Absolutely. And it is hard to make those hard decisions. You know, we mentioned the fact that, you know, if you're promoted from within or you know all of those people, especially when you're having to say, hey, Bob, hey, Sue, your work is not up to par, um, right. you know, and, and, and they're, you know, they're saying, but I invited you over to my house on Sunday. <laughs> it was like, um, right. You know, right. And, and it is hard. So what that really gets to is specific actionable feedback. Okay. And that, and finding the role too. So now transitioning out from the piece about um, medical leave and all that, but if you think about it from a leadership perspective, the buddy to boss, it really is about the piece of giving specific actionable feedback on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, let's say person A didn't get the C-suite job because they they need to work on their strategic visioning skills. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? They are fantastic as 
you know, the general manager, the CEO, COO level piece, managing the operations. Well, that's where you leverage them. Mm-hmm. Finding almost kind of the, the, the pieces to the puzzle. Right. And, and putting them all together from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and because you have such intimate knowledge about them and their skills, mm-hmm. you should be able to leverage that to the better. And, you know, and same thing, if you know, okay, you know, Bob is just really not going to be good for that, then don't put Bob in that position. Right. And if you are, then you have to have a strategic plan to help him learn those skills. Right. Yeah. Is it, is it something he needs? Then how are you going to get him that skill? Right. Right. And part of that is partnering with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, and it is difficult, you know, as we've said, when you have been their buddy to say, you know, you you might want to work on this and, and honestly, you probably can't be buddies. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. in in many cases, that's what it comes down to. Um, I'm remembering a time when I had to fire an employee. I hated it. And, and it was not because of her work. It was simply, we were cutting back and she knew that. I mean, we were the communications department. We were talking Mm -hmm. about other departments that, that we were losing. And, you know, I, it, it was funny when I had to tell her she took it well, you know, she, and, and she actually said, I kind of figured that that was going to happen. I was the last one hired yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, then it came down to her last day. We went out for a big lunch, you know, wished her well. She got a fabulous severance package. I mean, this was not, hey, you're out the door tomorrow. I mean, all these various things. But I was one of these managers that when I traveled, I would bring my employees back a little something from the trip. You know, probably shouldn't mm-hmm. have been doing this, but I did anyway. But it never cost more than like $5. I mean, you know, it nice was just, yeah, yeah, little little thing. And so after she had officially left, I go into my office and in my trash can were all of those things. <laughs> you know? And it was like, oh, who? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I was, I was hurt. I was mad. Um, you know, all these various things. And then of course, you know, I get, start getting phone calls wanting references for her. And I thought, sweetie, you kind of burned that bridge. Mm-hmm. We did work it out because I called her and, and, you know, she admitted that she wasn't as happy with the situation as she had let on and, and all of these various things. And, mm-hmm. and then she said that was a really juvenile thing to do. And she said, and I missed those things. I'm really sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it is difficult when we make those hard decisions because part of why we were hired was we could make those decisions, but mm-hmm. you know, actually making them, is is really the difficult thing and anybody who is good at firing somebody i don't want to know that person <laughs> you know, seriously <laughs> because you should you know you should be thinking about what are the ramifications for them um you know and and all those various things or or even just telling them you know you're not getting that promotion or you know hey your work is not up to par it's it is about having those good people skills and you mentioned the word you know we're going to say it again to be to have empathy for them. You know, if right. you were the one hearing that, what would you want to be told? Absolutely. And so something, you know, as a coach, I have to say this on the, on the other side of the coin, that individual who um, was a bit unprofessional with you when, when she was let go, it gets back to the formality piece of it. Mm-hmm. And I like to say it's the 24 hour rule. Mm-hmm. You're angry about something and emotional about something wait 24 hours before you do, mm-hmm. you do what you're going to do, right? right? Because 
there's a formality piece to business, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, you can go home and tell your spouse all these things, but don't throw the, the, the trinkets in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It, it, it's, it's this fine line that, that you need to think about as a, te- as a team member as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you don't want to burn those bridges. You know, like I said, when I got phone calls asking me, you know, to refer her for jobs, I was real hesitant because I was, I was still annoyed. So, okay. Yes. That meant I was not as professional as I should be. And, and you know what, I can admit that, but you know, don't burn those bridges. Now there are times where it is appropriate. I mean, you know, let's, let's just be honest with that. But if you can mm-hmm. leave on a positive note, you know, or you can learn from the the circumstance, all those various things, try to do that. Um, you know, and, and when you can't, fine, then just move on. Because it's a really small world, folks. You never know when something, you know, when you're going to have a connection with somebody that is connected with that other person and all those various things. Right. And it really gets down to, too, even from the other side, let's say you're giving somebody a review or you're getting the review or the performance feedback and it's not to your liking mm-hmm. or you completely disagree. Right. How do you sit back, take it in, process it, then have the conversation? Mm-hmm. Not, and what we're kind of talking about is the immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. How can you take a step back and have that adjustment piece of being calm mm-hmm. and being focused? And I've asked, I, I've asked, I've interviewed folks on that. So, so how would you teach somebody? You, you, you have this calmness piece to it. How do you teach somebody that in your team? And what somebody told me once, which I think is really valid, is focus on the facts. Okay. Focus on the facts is a lot about what we're talking about. Today. Right. You know, and, and sometimes it might mean, you know, actually leaving that environment or whatever so that you're not, you know, just yelling at them or you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Take, take that breather. And that's okay you know, in most circumstances. Granted, if it's, you know, there are times where it, it's an immediate decision that has to be made. And, and so, you know, but most of the time it's not. You know, you can take a breather. You can focus. You can calm down. Um, you know, I, one of the hardest things, especially for women, is so many times we're on the verge, and, and I hate this. I just absolutely hate this, where I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's very unprofessional. I mean, you know, it, 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 but if that means that I need to take a step back and deal with it later when I've calmed down, and maybe that's the thing. If I'm, if I'm on that <laughs> verge, okay, then I am having to take a step back. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's about recognizing that. And then, when, as you said, when you're calmer and you can deal with the facts, you can go back in. So I would even take it a step back even further than that is know your triggers. Right. What are the things that trigger those high emotions and high stakes events? Mm-hmm. And once you know that and are aware of that, and that's a completely separate, interesting topic. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it's that self-awareness as well. Mm-hmm. Right. How is somebody going to push your buttons? 
Absolutely. <laughs> right. We right. all know what those buttons are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and how to deal with it. I mean, you know, you might have the employee who is, you know, well, well, you got promoted because, you know, you're you're the you know, you're the, the boss's daughter. You went to the same whatever. Um, you know, you got the promotion because you're a woman or because, you know, you played softball with the boss. I mean, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And boy do they work those little buttons. They're good at those buttons. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all have different ones. Right. Right. Just ask our spouses. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Anne, this has been absolutely wonderful. Tell folks just a little bit more about your services and, and you know, what you can provide to people. So I think, well, it, Deb, first of all, it has been fantastic talking to you today. Well, thank you. Um, the, the things that I really work on are high potential leaders moving to the next level. It could be C-suite, it can be directors, honing those, uh, honing those skills. It could mm-hmm. be motivating teams, managing conflict. I think a big one that, or a big one that I talk about and coach on too is influencing. Um, and, you know, two, I think two things, you know, one important thing that I would leave everybody with is and I look at all the successful leaders that I've been coaching over the years is really focus on learning and reading. Mm-hmm. That is a big differentiator in terms of what I coach people to on in my practice. And I give a lot of reading um, along with, with coaching as well. So, um, and I think that people, if there's a question that anybody has to reach out to me at Ann um, on my website at com, and I'm always happy and interested to hear lots of different stories. Great. And that's Anne with an E. So A-N-N-E, sugar.com. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And you do executive coaching, you do speaking, and you also do workshops. So, you know, great information out there. Um, You know, and and it is something that many people are thinking, I want to be the boss. I want to be the the manager, the whatever. And then they realize, oh, (laughs) so that's where it's great you're not alone in this folks you know you're certainly not the only person who got up there and went oh now what um you know and and so that's where it is fabulous to reach out to someone like ann to say okay now what i need help you know there's nothing wrong with saying i need help you know we were talking about if you're you know say you're the person who has cancer saying here's what i need there's absolutely nothing wrong with being that C, you know, that chief people officer, that CEO, that executive, whatever, and saying, I need help. You know, I need to learn these skills. So that's where it's great to reach out to Anne. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, I wish, you know, I, I think back in my years in advertising, when I was in the senior leadership team communicating up to the C-suite level, I do truly wish I had somebody at that point helping me mm-hmm. from an executive coaching perspective. Right. And refining how I spoke mm-hmm. in those meetings. Right. And it's not about a mentor, you know, because no. we all, you know, need somebody like that. A mentor doesn't always have the, the ability to coach you on these specific skills. So that's why it's very important to reach out to someone who really does have the training on those things. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Well, oh my gosh, we could go on talking forever. This really is so fascinating. And, and I love this topic because it does apply to so many people, you know, and, and so I encourage you to, you know, connect with Anne, look at the articles she has written for Harvard Business Review. Um, we'll put links to those in, in the program. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating time talking with Anne Sugar. And until next time, everyone have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.